Hey, Bettys. Welcome to the Better Podcast. It's your host, Dr. Stephanie. It is geeky magic time where I step away from the interviews and just talk to you. It's just going to be me and you today. And these episodes, I'm going to bring you personal insights, frequently asked questions, topic du jour in a more condensed, quick, and actionable way. I go hard on the geek, wrap it up with sprinkles and magic for you to do and be better. Hey, hey, Bettys, welcome to Geeky Magic. We are talking about emotional grit today. Sodium is an essential nutrient involved in the maintenance of normal cellular balance, the regulation of fluid and electrolytes, and your blood pressure. Start your morning right with a refreshing, salty tonic of LMNT. It's spring season now, which means I will be enjoying watermelon or grapefruit salt on ice, and it is a fabulous way to balance stress hormones and make sure that I am maximizing my muscle gains. LMNT also has a no questions asked refund policy. Try watermelon or any flavor that you want, and if you don't like it, they will refund your money no questions asked, and you don't even need to return the box. Head over to drinklmnt.com forward slash Dr. Estima. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com forward slash D-R-E-S-T-I-M-A. And you will get a free LMNT sample pack with any purchase. So if you are a regular longtime listener of the pod, you will know that over the past several weeks, I have been going on, you know, a bit of a geeky magic carpet ride on cell physiology and cellular metabolism, that a calorie is not a calorie, what happens, stress physiology, what that does to the body. But in order to really propagate a healthy whole human, we also need to take a look at our emotional resilience and our emotional grit, if you will. And that requires looking at our boundaries, the boundaries that we set for ourselves, the boundaries that we set for our interactions with others, and how those are malleable potentially and can change over time as we heal. Now, boundary and boundary work has become much more in vogue uh, in the past uh, year or two, and you hear it a lot talked about over with a lot of um, uh, psychologists, one being Nicole LaPera, who we've, we've had on the podcast and who is what I would call a boundary setting expert. And in general, it seems that as women, we are really not taught how to set boundaries, what they are, that we even have the right to them. So this conversation today was really born out of a training that I did inside my Hello Betty membership with my sisters, my other Bettys. And one of the things that came out of it was that people are really scared to set boundaries. We are really nervous. We don't know how they work. And although I go into a lot of specifics, in terms of how to set a boundary inside the membership, I do want to give you a high level overview of what the different types of boundaries are, where some of your boundaries in your life may have been violated in the past, and what you can do if there is still boundary violation today. And this is tough. It's really always hard to advocate for ourselves, especially as women. We like to put ourselves last. If we even make the list at all, we are usually at the bottom of it. But it is really important for us to advocate for ourselves. This is one of the best ways that you can develop self-trust. 
So often women will say, I don't know what it is. I start a project. I can't finish it. Or I self-sabotage. I fall off the wagon. What's wrong with me? Well, that is a very uh, tricky question to answer. A piece of that puzzle has to do with how you value your worth and how much self-trust you place in yourself. And of course, that is unraveling years and years of programming, both from the patriarchal society that we've grown up in, from our mothers, fathers, teachers, preachers, and all the other people that have influenced our belief system in terms of who we are and our place in the world. But boundary setting is absolutely one of the first steps for you to be able to achieve any goal, any goal, whether it is weight loss, if, you know, and a lot of women will come to me for weight loss and body composition changes, whether it is being able to ask for a raise, being able to know what you are worth, setting boundaries is one of the initial foundational steps for you. So with that in mind, we are going to have a very uncomfortable conversation <laughs> around what boundaries are and how you might go about journaling them. So listen with an open mind, more importantly, an open heart and be gentle with yourself, Betty. It is difficult to admit that you have allowed yourself to be violated in one of the many different verticals of boundaries. And we'll talk about the different types of boundaries. And you know what always happens? We always blame ourselves. We always say, well, I'm such an idiot. I let so-and-so, you know, make an inappropriate joke about another coworker and I didn't say anything. Or it was, you know, someone said something that I don't agree with and I didn't speak up. And you know, while there's a time and a place to hold your tongue, when it comes to violating your values, when it comes to violating your belief systems, whether it's right in front of you or it's coming to the defense of another woman, I think it's really important that we begin to think about how we can advocate for ourselves and our sisters who, like us, you know, we, we have been taught to look pretty, smile, heels, and be ready to fuck at any time. So pardon my, pardon my French there, but I think that it's important um, for us to start thinking about boundaries. So with that in mind, let's actually define what a boundary is in the first place. So I like to think of a boundary as a cell membrane or like a bubble. So in the same way that for last week we were talking about PI3 kinase, she's the hostess that decides how much glucose is getting into the cell for it to be used as an energy substrate. A boundary is, is kind of the same thing, right? It is a limit that separates you from other people. And when we think about some of the different types of boundaries. It might be a physical boundary, a sexual boundary, spiritual boundary, emotional or resource boundary. And all of these boundaries, what they all have in common is that they align with your values and absolutely within your right to uphold. Okay. So like a cell membrane, it is going to keep the things inside that it needs and keep the things outside that it does not want or that does not serve it. Okay. 
Now, as much as I would love for boundaries to be black and white, it would be so much easier if we could just uh, color code them. There are many times where there are um, sort of stages of gray, right? And boundaries over time can also become more fluid. So often when we are first getting into thinking about setting boundaries, we are often very rigid, right? It's like, I will absolutely not tolerate X. And then as we heal, as we become you know, more masterful in our boundary setting and our own emotional regulation, they can become more fluid. They can become, uh, a, a little bit more, um, gentle, if you will. And some boundaries will never change, right? Some boundaries, you know, especially when we think about this in maybe in the sexual realm or in the physical realm, there are certain hard boundaries that are just not going to change. And often when we begin to define our boundaries, when we begin to even just have awareness that we can invite in the idea that we can advocate for ourselves, it's really normal to feel really sad and to feel really upset, right? Like a lot of women, myself included, we just jump to the what's wrong with me narrative in our heads, right? Like how could I have missed this, right? How could I have let this violation of my boundary happen? How could I have not been aware? Um, and in the same way that I would say, well, would you yell at a child? You know, at, would you yell at a six month old for not knowing how to walk? Right. You, you shouldn't feel that way with yourself because it is a new skill that you may have never, you know, even if you are 45 or 55 years or 65 years old, listening to this, you may have never even heard or it may have never even come into your conscious awareness that this was an option for you. So if you are feeling angry at yourself or even rageful, um, it can feel really raw and feel really tender. So just be gentle. Okay. Be gentle with yourself and just look at the idea of becoming aware of setting boundaries as like an initiation, right? We are going to be different um, after we learn about boundaries than we were before. And that's okay because as we evolve, as we get wiser, we get better. Okay. So let's talk about some of the different types of boundaries. So I've been, I've been kind of alluding to them, but I wanted to do a little bit more of a deeper dive into each one. So let's talk about physical because these are the easier ones to conceptualize. Um, a physical boundary is an enforcement of your, you know, what you will or will not tolerate for your physical body and for your physical space, right? So this often comes up with, um, when we think about this in the sexual realm, there may be things that you are absolutely fine to explore and play with. And there may be things that you are not, and that may come from a different set of belief systems. This may be, uh, you know, where you might set harder boundaries, like I will never do X unless, you know, unless these conditions are met. Um, and that may change over time or it may not. Right. So, um, another example of a physical boundary is, you know, your comfort level with commentary on your appearance, right? Someone saying to you, 
oh my gosh, have you, have you lost weight or, uh, you know, your, you know, someone commenting on your body shape or how your body you know, has changed over time. Like, oh, are you gaining weight? Like that's another one. Like, oh, you look like you've gained some weight. Right. Um, of course your, your sexuality, um, you know, whether that is a, um, you know, you're a defined heterosexual, you are fluid in your sexual preferences, like other people commenting on that may be a physical boundary for you. Of course, your partners in a, you know, your sexual partners may also be a boundary for you, whether that's, you know, your mom saying, God, this boyfriend, like, I don't know about this guy or, you know, whatever. Um, there and and then other other boundaries like health issues or you know if you have any if you have a chronic health issue that um people are always like asking you about that you're just like god damn it like i don't want to talk about x right so these are some examples of physical boundaries and i actually should also say that boundaries are a two-way street so as you become emotionally aware of what your boundaries are on a subject it's also important for you to recognize that now you also have the ability to allow other people to express their boundaries, right? So those are some examples of a uh, physical uh, boundary. Um, one of the, for, I'll give you an example for physical boundaries for myself is really becoming aware of my own sleep needs, so, you know, having two children, uh, practicing attachment, parenting, breastfeeding for long periods of time, like babies were super used to sleeping with me. And then they eventually got so used to sleeping with me. They were so big, of course, that it was disrupting my sleep. So I had to, uh, when they were ready, um, and when we all had a you know conversation around it, that mommy needs nine hours of sleep and she needs to sleep in her own bed. Um, of course, you know, another physical boundary is your nutritional needs, right? Your exercise and your movement needs, your rehabilitation needs, your need for recovery and rest. These are all, and we talk about these a lot, you know, other options on the podcast, but thinking for yourself, what are your physical needs? What are your needs around sleep, your needs around nutrition, your needs around exercise, right? It might be that you're not a hugger, right? That's another really, you know, when you meet someone for the first time, I've met so many people that just kind of assume that you will hug them. Um, and you know, that's not malintent on their part, but some people don't like that. Right. So you may not wish to hug someone when you first greet them. So these are some examples of physical uh, boundaries. A resource boundary, this is really, really tricky for women. These are boundaries around non-renewable resources. So like your time, right? Or your energy or your focus, right? This is, uh, I talk about this in the Betty body where women, career women, we, you know, we go to work, we get paid for our work at, you know, in our careers and our chosen careers. And then we come home and we do the majority of the unpaid work. So this is an example of a violation of our resource boundaries. So if you are with a partner, for example, and you are schlepping, you know, 90% of the non-paid work activities, that might be totally okay with you, or it might not, right? You might not be okay with doing all the cooking and the cleaning and the scheduling and the homework and the, you know, whatever, whatever it is in, in terms of your home life. 
So the first step there, of course, is becoming aware of your own time commitments, right? And what the toll that it has on your focus, on your energy, um, on your time in any given situation. Um, this also comes up with, um, you know, volunteer work or not, you know, when there's a community, um, events and of course community is really important, but if you are completely overstretched, you know, if you are over committing yourself and you know it, what ends up happening, of course, is you become resentful, right? You become resentful to the, the, the person or the committee or the event that you are committing your time to. And of course, this is also you not flexing your saying no muscle. So, you know, becoming aware of your own time commitments and really allowing yourself to protect your time, right? To protect your energy and your focus because you are worth protecting. And this is really a tricky one for women because we're really taught in, um, in society that we are caregivers, that we are nurturers. And of course, I think that that comes really, you know, naturally to women than perhaps it, it does to men, although that's not a, that's not a hard and fast rule. Of course, there's, there's a lot of fluidity in there, but I think generally women feel like, well, we need to take care of our children. We need to take care of our husband. We need to take, you know, be there for the friend that, you know, just is going through a bad, bad breakup. I think understanding that all of those things are not needs, they're choices that you're making. You are choosing to take care of your children, your husband, to be there for your friend, et cetera. So one of the exercises that I talked about in my Hello Betty membership was to begin to think about creating a time limit how much time a friend or family member uh, you might engage in, you know, if they're, let's say, broke up, like the bad boy, boyfriend uh, example, like how much time you're willing to let them sort of vent and talk about the boyfriend or how much time they want to gossip, you know, you allow yourself to engage in that kind of stuff. So um, those are some resource boundary examples Emotional boundary examples. Again, we are always told as women that we need to Stepford wive it. So we have to always look all put together, always smiling. But an emotional boundary is really just becoming aware of yourself, becoming aware of your emotions um, in any given situation. So whether it is a negative or a positive situation, are you becoming triggered? Are you, be, or the word I like over triggered is activated. Are you, is your system, your sympathetic system, some of these neural pathways from childhood, are they becoming activated? Are you getting defensive? Are you getting upset? Uh, are there, you know, is there, you know, ego stories or triggering feelings, right? Are you feeling like you're being abandoned? Do you feel overwhelmed? All of these things. I get a lot of questions about how to ease perimenopause and menopause symptoms. And here's a really simple answer for you. Take a good mineral supplement. Your body loses a ton of minerals as you transition through perimenopause and menopause and mineral deficiencies make a lot of the common symptoms worse. For example, if you're struggling with poor sleep, fatigue, joint pain, hot flashes, or any other side effects that are wearing you down, you might think about giving Beam Minerals a try. Their full-spectrum mineral supplement contains every single mineral that you lose during perimenopause and menopause. And there is a meaningful dose here with close to 100% bioavailability. All you have to do is take a shot of liquid every morning to replenish your mineral stores and ease the symptoms that you might be experiencing. Beam Minerals just taste like water and you'll feel the difference within a few days. 
head over to beamminerals.com and use the code better for 20% off. The emotional boundary here is becoming aware of when you are in a difficult situation, what your own internal emotional landscape looks like. And then the second piece is to allow yourself to disengage. This is so important and most people miss this. So we can become aware. Actually, that's even, I should even, I should, I should retract that. It is often the most difficult to even become aware that we're being activated. We actually move where we're thinking in our brain from a higher, you know, prefrontal cortex, um, more of an emotional regulator into our limbic system. Like you you have left, you know, as Nicole LaPera might say, you have left your body where you become completely unconscious and now you're running these old programs again. So it's important for you to step one, to become aware. And step two is to allow yourself to disengage when you feel yourself becoming overwhelmed. So for me, um, for example, sometimes my kids who are my you know biggest teachers can be my biggest sources of becoming activated. So I will often say, as I feel myself becoming activated, okay, mommy is upset right now. I'm going to leave the room. I need to give myself a timeout. I don't give my kids time, times out. I, I I give myself times out. So I will often leave the room. Um, I will go to my bedroom. I will breathe. You know, I put my hand on my throat because my throat is the thing that tends to get, like, I feel like it gets really tight on my hands on my heart. Um, that is how I set emotional boundaries when I feel like I'm overwhelmed. And the flip side of that is also true. Like when I see my child becoming emotionally overwhelmed, I'm also giving them the ability to disengage as well. Or this might even happen in a partner uh, scenario where you're talking to your partner and you're getting activated and allowing them to say, you know what, I just need to cool off. Like this is too much for me right now. Let me come back to this when I'm a little bit calmer. And we talked about this with Jennifer Kalari on the podcast. So go back and look up those episodes where she talks about the calm technique. Um, But this is also a really useful way to exhibit more of adult behavior. And I know it's hard to adult sometimes. (laughs) Like all you want to do is like give that really, you want to like turn the wound, you want to turn the knife in the wound and like really have that smart aleck um, response. But um, what is most important is that we know that words cannot be undone once they're, once they're said. So if you are already thinking of that retort, that really smart and really digging retort, like you've already lost, right? So we want to think about how we can emotionally disengage when we need to. And a couple more um, boundaries for you to consider would be an intellectual uh, boundary. So this would be a boundary around your thoughts, right? Your belief system, your core values, and your opinions. Nowhere have we seen this play out, this violation of intellectual boundaries as we have with the pandemic and the differing views that people have around what to do, what is the right thing to do, to mask or not to mask, to vaccinate or not to vaccinate. And when we think about setting an intellectual boundary. Now there are several layers to this. Um, First, I am of the opinion that I think it's really important to 
take in information from multiple sides, right? Because we, if we're, especially if we're trying to find the scientific truth, it's really important to evaluate the, the body of evidence that exists on both sides. And this is why I think, you know, even debate class, like signing up for a debate class and like purposely choosing the, the, the side that you don't agree with can be such a great intellectual exercise. However, an intellectual boundary would be not changing your opinion or your thoughts or your beliefs to match someone else's, right? Or on the flip side, to insist that they change their opinions, thoughts, or beliefs to match yours. And this is where this sort of cancel culture, this is where I really, really think that this is very dangerous from a uh, free thinking, just human intellectual point of view is, is we can't have one thought. Like we can't, you know, if I don't agree with you, I'm still going to listen to your point of view, but I don't have to morph my opinion to match yours and vice versa. You might listen to something that I've said, where whether it's on this podcast or interviews that I've given or just my body of work, and you might not agree with it. And that's absolutely fine. I am not going to, you know, chase you down and try to make you think my way. I've presented you know, let's say about the body of evidence that I believe to be sound and true. And I'm not looking for you to, to morph your opinions to match mine. If you choose, if those, if those resonate with your values, if they align with your beliefs, then of course I welcome you with open arms. And if they don't align with your beliefs, I still love you, you know? And that's where I think we've gone wrong as a society generally, where we see this monoculture, we see this, like everybody has to have the same thought, or if you don't agree with my opinion, you're an idiot. And I think that that's really, really dangerous because this is where we see the demise of, of society. This is really, in my opinion, several steps back. We need to have discourse by being respectful and not needing to agree. So that's an intellectual boundary. And then the last piece is a spiritual boundary. So this would include, um, you know, holding a boundary for your connection to uh, a higher power, to, uh, to God, to Allah, to you know, source energy, or it could also be a lack of connection to that higher power. So whether or not you feel connected to a higher power or source is one thing, like becoming aware of it. And then on the flip side, allowing other people to have their own boundary as well. And one of the things that I think is really important is, you know, women, we often are, as, as a society, we are often given the liberty to be expressive in our emotions in some circumstances. And we want to make sure that when we are communicating with other people, that we are being clear, right? Brene Brown talks about this idea that clarity is kindness, right? If we are not clear on our own boundaries, on what is okay and not okay, then how can we expect other people to know what our boundaries are? <laughs> you know, like it's not someone else's job to know our boundaries. This, it's our responsibility to know what's okay and what's not okay. And for us to communicate that 
with clear with clarity and as Brene Brown says to be this is the way that we are kind when we can clearly with love and with respect for the other person express what is okay and what is not okay i think that this also allows us not to be resentful right because if you have someone let's say you have someone that's like hey why don't you come and volunteer for this you know community event and you don't know how to say no so you say yeah okay yeah sure and then you become resentful to that person or to that event that's not their fault. That's on you, you know? And I say that with love, right? So, you know, we want to be thinking about how we can be as kind as possible. So a lot of times as women, we're really afraid to say no, but there's a lot of ways that we can say no in a loving, respectful way that pays homage to our highest self, right? If you think you know, in two years from now, for example, if you think about if someone asked you, Hey, can you, um, you know, be part of this event or help me organize this event. And you are, you know, when you look back on your response, when all the emotions have sort of dwindled, what is the best way that you can do that? You know, I'm often asked, um, now as my platform has grown to, you know, to endorse products, to endorse books, to endorse people. And while I am, I have chosen to endorse a few people, a few products, um, I can't do it for everybody because I can't properly evaluate everybody's body of work. I can't properly evaluate products or companies, et cetera. And so my answer more often than not is no. (laughs) It's like, I really, really think you are doing great work and thank you so much for thinking of me, but this is just not possible for where I am right now. And that's a resource boundary for me. That is a time boundary. Uh, Many of you know, I am, you know, I have this podcast. I have a membership group um, that I run. I have this book that I have written and I'm thinking about how, what my next book is going to be. I'm homeschooling my children. You know, there's, I have a lot, I have a lot on my plate. So I really want to make sure that when I say yes to something, it's an F yes, right? And if it's not an F yes, then it's a no. Even if it's just like a, yeah, this would be good. You know, really being able to say no to most opportunities allows me to say yes to the ones that are really, really important. So those are some of the boundaries, um, the different verticals of boundaries. And when you are exploring some of your fears around setting boundaries, they can often bring up a lot of things. Like a lot of women will say, God, like, I'm just so scared. I just don't want people to hate me. Like, can you imagine if I, you know, I'm, I'm afraid of someone's reaction. I'm afraid of, you know, of hurting someone, or I'm, I'm afraid of, you know, them rejecting me and, and not being loved. And these are really all core wounds that we all share, right? We all have a fear in some way of not being loved or of hurting other people. Like nobody wants to, you know, as long as you're not a sociopath, like you don't want to hurt someone, right? We want to make sure that the people in our life feel our love and our presence, right? And we don't want to be abandoned and we don't want to be judged. And, you know, we don't want to feel guilt. We don't want to feel shame. Um, these are, these are some of the common things that sort of pop up around boundary setting. And I would counsel you, uh, if these are coming up for you and they should be, because if you've never set a boundary before, this can be like really new raw territory. Um, I would counsel you to just know that you're not alone. Everybody is feeling the same way. 
But in the same way that, you know, uh, and I'll give you a personal example, you know, when I was running my clinic, there were times over the, you know, 16 years that I was running it, that I had to let people go, you know, whether they were just not the right fit anymore. Um, they were stealing information or, you know, whatever they were doing that was warrant, you know, that warranted their, um, uh, firing right before, I remember the first person I had to let go. Oh my God. I, I was, I thought I was having a panic attack. My lips, like my, I had no saliva in my mouth. I was sweating. I was like, Oh my God, like she's, she's going to hate me. Like all this stuff. And even though I had, there was so much abundant evidence that this particular employee was just such a poor fit for the clinic. And, um, after the conversation, um, you know, you know, she didn't have the best response, of course, you know, it wasn't, um, you know, didn't really, uh, respond well to the, to the conversation, but afterwards I felt such relief because, you know, and I've, I've taught, I had to talk about this with my coaches and all of that. And one of the things that one of my coaches said to me is the longer that you keep someone in this, in this case, we're talking about business, but this also applies to life. The longer that you keep someone, you know, in your business, he was saying to me, it's like, and, and you know, that they're not right. And you know, that in, you know, in this case, this person was, there was malintent and they were doing things that they shouldn't have. Um, the longer that you let them stay, they are stealing from you and your family and your ability to grow and your ability to impact the community. And I think that that's also true in real life. When you let someone constantly cross a boundary, you become resentful and they steal your joy. They steal your ability to grow as an individual and they steal your ability to deepen that relationship. So I would invite you to try and think about what are some of your boundaries in each of those different verticals that we've talked about, spiritual, intellectual, emotional, resource, physical, sexual, and where they might have been crossed in the past, or maybe they're being crossed right now, and how you might go about setting those boundaries with love and with the idea of being very clear. And the more clear you are, the kinder you are to not only the other person, but to yourself, irrespective of their response. You cannot control how they respond, but you can control like the cell membrane, what good stuff gets in and what bad stuff gets out. So I hope that you found this conversation uh, eye-opening and I would listen to this a couple of times and I would mull over those different verticals of boundaries and how you might begin to set them um, in your own life. And in our, in our Hello Betty membership, we get, we've given out handouts, like here's the language that you use, here's the framework that you do. Uh, and, you know, it's, we've had a lot of people say, hey, for the first time I actually spoke to my boss or for the first time I actually spoke to, you know, my mother about how she's always talking to me about my food choices or, you know, whatever it is. And, um, I would love to hear that from you as well. So the first step in boundary awareness, we're going to take this boundary stuff slow. And really the whole point of this pod is for you to just become aware where, where are the boundaries in your life? Have you set any? And if you haven't, no worries, not to worry, there's nothing wrong with you, but there's no time like the present. So 
mull over, mull over those boundaries. We will continue uh, this conversation on a future geeky magic. And I hope that this was valuable and useful to you. So have a great day. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For those of you who want to continue on this week's geeky magic carpet ride with me, visit bettershow.co forward slash show notes. You'll find research, links, summary notes, musings that I prepared in preparation for the podcast. And I often throw in some of my best practices, bonuses, and links. All the juicy bits are in there for you. 